All right, it's a little bit of a different view for me teaching than I normally have been seeing recently. So, uh, yeah, it's totally different, totally different. All right, uh, so it's been a, it's been a, a while, but um, I'm thankful for the opportunity. And uh, so when I was asked this morning, I said, "Hey, do you want to you want to teach tonight?" And I said, "Absolutely." So, um, if one of the men would just go ahead and uh, lead us in in prayer as we open up and be praying that. Um, that the point gets across, and that I would get out of the way and not uh, put my own agenda in this at all. So, some, one of the men could go ahead and pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this place we have to have, for this building, but it's still a place where we can come and worship you and gather together in one accord and one body. Lord, thank you for Brother Mike's willingness to be used for you tonight. Just let that be done. Uh, let him step in get out of the way so that the Spirit will lead and just let our hearts be open to what's being led. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 32. And um, so we've been in the book of Exodus and the book of Hebrews, both here as a local body. And then obviously I've been teaching through uh, the book of Hebrews um, on the channel. But what I've been noticing is just a lot of different things. So uh, a few of the brothers I've talked to in here uh, probably already know where I'm going with this. But turn to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 4. And um, boy, it's, I'm going to get excited at some point in time during this, probably all of it. But uh, hopefully I can just remain as calm as possible because this is just so good. The Word of God is powerful. And the fact that... Um, we can see this now is all because that the Spirit revealed these things to the Apostle Paul. The only way we have these things manifest to us or shown clearly to us is because Jesus Christ came to this earth and died, sent his Spirit into the world, and, he, and um, a certain man named uh, Saul, who was persecuting the church at a time, was on the road to Damascus and was used, uh, was converted there and was used by the, um, by the God of this universe to reveal these things. And uh, it's a great time to be alive, brothers and sisters. Um, we have the completed Word of God to the English-speaking people right in front of us. We can clearly read. We don't have to learn a separate language. We can read it as it clearly is uh, spoken about. Tonight, we're going to talk about the rock. And uh, Brother Garrett's mentioned it in his, um, his messages recently. And um, it got me thinking, and I've been just studying and studying through this, and so... Uh, bear with me, the rock is used, the term the rock is used over a hundred and some times, so we're going we're gonna to hit every single one of them verses tonight. Yeah, no, I'm just joking, we're not going to hit all a hundred and some verses, but um, and mo the majority of the verses where the rock is used in the Bible, I'm just joking around. Yeah. I just thought you guys would really truly believe me, that's why I thought it would go over. I thought you guys would really believe me, but no, the... Um, so, the, uh, the, but the, the term the rock is used, uh, we know obviously this rock is Jesus. We, we're going we're gonna to get to that in this point. It shows it very clearly. But we're going to start out in the Old Testament here in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 4. So read along with me. Um, if you read from verse 4, the whole uh, chapter of Deuteronomy 32, but the verses 4 through 43, we're not going to read them all. But look in verse 4. He is the rock, as you notice there, uh, speaking of God. 
His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Look down to verse 15. Verse 15, but Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Look down at verse 18. Of the rock that begat thee, thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. Verse 30. Verse 30, it says, How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them, and the Lord had shut them up? And then in the very next verse, For their rock is not our rock, not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. So we can see here, this is the very first time in the, in the Bible, you know, the, um, I grew up in a pastor's home, so you hear this really early on, the law of first mention, right? You know, the first time it's actually mentioned, clearly saying that who the rock is. And the rock here is God, very clearly. And this is the first time the mention, big R, rock, is used. Turn your Bibles now to Judges. And this is a very interesting thing that I, as I was studying through this, Joshua Judges verse uh, chapter six. Joshua or Judges chapter six. When I was studying through this and just doing basically a, a search of the word the rock, you know, just trying to see different places, I came across this, and it's not capitalized, but I just wanted you to notice what this is all about. So this is the account of Gideon, and um, if you know the account of Gideon, you know the whole entire backstory of that. But in Judges chapter six and verse seventeen. Uh, you read along with me. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, this is Gideon speaking to God, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour the flesh he put in the basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out unto him under the oak, and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon this rock, and pour out the broth, and he did so. This is where it gets interesting. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. Why is he so scared here? And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. I thought that was a very interesting picture of the, the sacrifice being laid upon the rock. Our sins being laid upon the rock, so to speak, and the fire consuming that. As we read, read there in Exodus and you go over to Leviticus, when they set up the Levitical law, they would go outside the camp and would burn the sacrifice outside the camp, as we saw also in Hebrews. The sacrifice is burned without the camp. But the burning of the sacrifice here, but Gideon is face to face with the angel of the Lord, which, why is he, why is he so terrified that he saw the angel of the Lord? I'll let you answer that for yourself. Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 2. This is all in way of just setting up all this stuff. I, I promise you I will not be long. 
1 Samuel chapter 2. But we got to see all this stuff just to establish it. Because in the Old Testament, these things were, re are, were revealed, they were shown, and then the New Testament clearly puts it to us. And we're like, oh, that's what it's talking about. So 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2. Second Samuel, almost made a boo boo. Second Samuel chapter 22 and verse number 2. The Bible says, And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. This is a great verse. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my ref and my refuge, my savior, thou savest me from violence. Turn down to verse 32 in the same chapter. For who is God, save the Lord, and who is a rock, save our God. And then in verse 47. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. We're already starting to see the theme here, aren't we? Who is the rock? We know this rock is Jesus. But in here he's speaking of the God, the rock of his salvation. This is... Um, I believe this is David that's speaking here. And then in the very next chapter, uh, chapter 23 and verse 3, we see here it says, The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Just thought it was another interesting. So these are all ones that you can write down and then do your own uh, study of later on. Turn to the book of Job. I just got a few more. And we'll go to the New Testament revealed. Job chapter 19 and verse 23. This is very interesting as well. Just like the Gideon one, this is not capitalized rock, but it's just, it just got me thinking about, about the rock. Job 19 and verse 23, it says, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. Hey, guess what? that they were graven with an iron pen and led in the rock forever. I just thought about that, that we do have the word forever. The word is forever is preserved. We have it here. Job is sitting here praying and saying, oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. We're reading this. Job, if you've done a little bit of Bible study and you know that like supposedly it's the oldest account. It's just, this predates Abraham and so forth and so on. Uh, and Job is sitting here saying, I, I, oh, that they were written in a book. Well, they were. We have it. Verse 25, it says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at that latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job already had that promise of the rock. It's just very interesting that he says, lastly in verse 27, Whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Job knew fully well who he was going to see. He knew he should see God. 
it's just very interesting. And then turn over a couple of chapter, or chapters to chapter 29. A lot of Bible study, a lot of turning. I don't have any alliterated points. We're just going to go through this and just look at the rock tonight because that's all it should be about. Verse number two in chapter 29. This is some interesting things here. Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head and when by his light I walked through darkness. It's interesting. We talked about that just today, about the light, Brother Garrett. As I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me. This is Job. He's in a pretty low state here. When I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured me out rivers of oil. I thought that was an interesting tie-in. Again, not saying anything. I'm not trying to make any conclusions here. But the Bible doesn't have any coincidences in it whatsoever. And when it talks about the rock poured me out rivers of oil, do we see rocks pouring out rivers of anything? Well, we're going to get to that, a rivers of water. But notice the correlation here, anoint my head with oil. David's not talking about just the physical oil, but he's talking about the spirit. We talk about pouring out the spirit upon us, and we know that the rock said, Jesus said, I will come to thee, I will leave you, a com I will come to you, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. That's just what it, it, when I read that, I was like, wow, rock poured me out rivers of oil. And you can search the word, the term rock. David uses the term rock a lot in the, in the Psalms. The majority of the time, the rock, the rock of my salvation, every time David is, is thanking the Lord, mentions the rock, it's mentioned a bunch of times in the book of Psalms. So look those up on your own. And what's really interested to me, because it's a very deep book, is the book of Isaiah. How many times it's mentioned there. Obviously, we're not going to go through all those for time's sake, but just search the word and just get deep into the Bible, especially in the Psalms of David and in Isaiah. All right, let's go to the New Testament, church. Matthew chapter 7. And let's see the rock here on this earth manifest in the flesh took on the form of a servant, this rock of the Old Testament that was mentioned in so many times. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. We, you, we teach this to like our kids, right? It's a good story about, you know, hey, Make sure you're built upon the solid rock, you know, not the sand. There's a song about that. I, I, I'm trying to remember and I can't right now. But um, there's a rock. There's a song about that rock, you know, building a house upon a rock. Verse 24 says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, this is Jesus speaking, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Immediately when we see this, we think about the chief cornerstone. We think of Jesus. And the rain descended, the cornerstone obviously being of a building's foundation, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why? For it was founded upon a rock. You see here the same account is given, um, and not, not the same exact words, but it is the same account in Luke chapter 6 and verse 48, so if you want to turn to that. 
But why did they have a problem with this rock? And one of those terms that you're going to see in the book of Isaiah is uh, this term, rock of offense. That's where you're going to see what we're about to look at. We've gone through as a church the book of Romans. So turn over there first to Romans chapter 9, verse 33. Because they obviously clearly, the children of Israel, the Jewish nation, clearly had a problem with the rock. When he said who he said, where you claim to be. In Romans 9 and verse 33, it says, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You can see this in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 14 is where you'll find this, this, um, this tie-in. Also in Isaiah 28 and verse 16. The rock of offense, that stumbling block for the Jews. The stumbling block. And a rock of offense. The next time this is used is actually over in 1 Peter chapter 2. So this is just a, a full-on Bible study tonight, guys. We're just going through here looking at the rock. But I think it's really going to tie in at the end very, very nicely. And you're, you're going to see what got me super excited the other day when Garrett was preaching through that in Exodus. In 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 8, Peter uses the same language here because he's using he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. In verse 8 he says, And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see how that's all coming together now? Because this rock, this rock of Jesus, we as Gentiles now, even though they was a stumbling block to the Jews, it was offered to the Gentiles now. <laughs> Thank God for that. I don't know if any full-blooded um, tribe of Judah here, um, but if you are, welcome. You know, but I don't think there is. But because of that, the word went forth and was made manifest. In 1 Timothy 3.16, Right, well, that's one of the the uh, one of the more famous verses in the in the Bible. Um, I'll turn on so I don't misquote it here real quick. But First Timothy three and verse sixteen, it says, "And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. Thank God for that, because I is one, believed on in the world, received up into glory." But look at that rock of offense. And now finally, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I told you it's not going to last long. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. But this is, this is going to be... I got excited about it. Um, I, would, I would like to think that we all, if we just remember who we were, we once were, would get pretty excited about where this is going. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. And we'll read a good bit of this because this is where we're going to uh, do the, the last little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud. There's that cloud, Brother Garrett. And all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank... Look at this now, of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That's who they followed, the glory of the Lord, 
But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Boy, didn't they just do that? When Moses went on top of the mountain, what was it, a, a couple of days, not even? And they were already lusting after evil things. Look at the very next verse, verse 7. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Remember the, the noise that Joshua heard? He thought that they were either in a battle or they're having something's going on. But they were all eating and drinking and rising up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Verse 9, neither let, neither, neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for our ensamples. We should not ignore the Old Testament. Just because we live in this dispensation, and I'll say it, doesn't mean we ignore the, the, the lessons and the instruction in righteousness that's in the Old Testament. It's why? Because it's for our example. It's for us to see and be like, whoa, hey church, let's not do that. Because we're quick to judge and say, oh, how dare they? They were being led by a pillar of fire at night in this cloud, the glory of the Lord, God himself. Warning. And they are written for our admonition. Yep. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. All scripture. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Paul is telling the church here at Corinth, this church that was uh, carnal, as he called them, babes in Christ. He was telling them, hey, you got all these spiritual gifts and all these different things. Take heed. Take heed, lest you fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as in com is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. It's not, it doesn't need to be a little stone statue to be idolatry. I speak as to wise men, judge ye what I say. The cup of blessings which we bless, it is not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? That's what kind of got me thinking about Gideon too. The bread that he laid upon the altar. That flesh. I'm not sure what that broth was. I doubt it had blood in it, but kind of signified when he poured it out. Who else? You know, I, it's, I just thought about the blood that was poured, that was shed for us. That sacrifice for sin. And so you can read down through the rest of there. I would read down through uh, the rest of the, of the chapter, but um, verse 23. But for sake of time, let's turn back now to Exodus 17. And let's just tie this in and wrap it up. Exodus chapter 17 and verse number 6. Exodus 17 and verse number 6. And then put your thumb there. And then I want you to turn to Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20 and verse 8. I know I've mentioned this to some of you already, but when I thought about this rock, I had somebody mention this the other day, and when I saw it, I was just like, wow. So first in Exodus chapter 17 and verse 6, this is the account of when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness here, and they were thirsty. 
They were already murmuring. They've done this several times. God's already provided for them. I mean, he parted the Red Sea, but they were still murmuring. Verse 3, and the people thirsted there for water. This is uh, Exodus 17, verse 3. And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt? to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, and go. That's kind of, I just thought of this, but it's kind of interesting. that What did Gideon have in his hand, too? He had a rod. I have to write that little note later on, but that's a that's a rabbit trail. Stay focused. Verse number six. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. Who who is this that's standing there upon the rock in Horeb? And thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in sight of the elders of Israel. So we see here the first time that this uh, they come up here, this is, if you've studied your Bible, you know that this is the first encounter with a rock and water coming out of a rock. And Moses is commanded very specifically to smite the rock. How many times is he commanded to smite the rock? Once. Now turn over there, if you have your finger there, in Numbers chapter 20, in verse number 8. This, they did the same thing. We're murmuring because of lack of water. Verse number 8, verse 7, so we know who's speaking here. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and read it with me, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. Wait a minute. Did anybody else notice that? The rock doesn't have a, uh, a gender, does it? Unless somebody knows something I don't know. Anybody else notice that? And it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so that they sh so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. Look what Moses did. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock, how many times? Twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. Anybody see this already? The rock, Jesus Christ, was smitten once for a sin. As I said in Hebrews, as we've been going through Exodus and, and Hebrews at the same time, this is why we can see this. But the rock was smitten once. He entered in once. That veil was torn once. You can't crucify him fresh and anew. That's why once you are entered in, the Holy Spirit is entered into your, your heart. It's impossible for those who are once enlightened. Because it's as you, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it talks about that's as a sacrifice in Jesus Christ twice. And it's putting it to shame twice. Big no-no. The point is here that Moses was told to strike the rock the first time. He did as so he was commanded, and water came out. The second time he was told to ask. 
Romans 10, 13, everybody knows that, that verse as you, lead, as you talk to people you know, down the quote-unquote Romans road. But if you turn over there real quick, because we're about to go to the New Testament anyways, Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. You want that spiritual water? By the way, that's in John chapter 4 when the, when the woman at the well and Jesus says, if you only knew and he offers her water, he said you will ask, ask for that water. We'll, we can turn over there if, you, if I want to get the exact wording, but you understand what I'm saying here. But it says here in Romans 10 verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're in trouble, you're going to cry out to the one that can help you. And in our situation, what we once were, and maybe if you're still in this condition, I pray that you're not, and you get it settled today if you are, but once, what we once were, we're needing that same water, weren't we? We were drowning. We were in trouble. Our sin separated us, but who can, who can remove that separation? The rock. Just ask. Call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord. Just ask. Come in a broken, as it says in, I believe it's in Corinthians, I forget where now, I think seven. But it talks about with godly sorrow, understanding who you are. You're a sinner. Everybody understands they've done bad, but who have you sinned against? And understanding that and coming to the realization that you cannot save yourself in your own righteousness. You need the rock. You need the water that's provided from that rock. You see, we could never even see this if it hadn't been for the New Testament. This rock was Jesus. This rock was Christ. And then Exodus 33, and we'll, this will be the last little thought here. Exodus chapter 33, in verse 19. We just got done reading this, so I, I think this ties in pretty well. All this stuff. The Bible is awesome. Exodus chapter 33, in verse 19, if you're there, just, you can read along with me here when it says, And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. We just read this this morning. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. Same thing he told him there in Horeb. And it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. What this got me thinking about, and I think I told you, Brother Garrett, but... What this got me thinking about is the fact that we are to ask the rock. The Holy Spirit is given. He hides us. He sets us upon a firm foundation of the rock, gives us the spirit, the water, the oil. And not only that, but he covers you with a hand as he passes by. Covers us with his hand. Covers me there with his hand as it says in the song. And when I think about that, I think about that right, that same hand is the right hand of power. Okay? There's nothing too impossible for God. Amen. 
And as we're living in here, if we're hidden in the rock, if we're truly in the rock, right? If we're truly saved and we have the Holy Spirit, what are we scared of? We're covered by His hand. We are covered there by His hand. Because as we see here in Exodus 33, it's not just stand upon a rock. He also is hidden behind a rock and He's covered with the hand of God. And where are we? Jesus said that we're not only in His hand, but we're in the Father's hand as well. Super exciting. <laughs> I just, I, it makes me think about it every single time. And, and the fact that how I live so long a time forgetting of where I'm actually at and who I once was without the rock. And because of this, let's, let's finish up in 1 John. 1 John chapter uh, 1. 1 John chapter 1. First <clears throat> John chapter 1. Because of this verse right here. 1 John chapter 1. See, going Old Testament to New, New Testament to Old. It all says the same thing. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. I, I equate this to the person who wants to just claim heaven without coming to, coming to who uh, they should be coming to, thinking that their own righteousness, oh, yeah, I'm not that bad of a sinner. You know, I'm not that bad of a person. Until we realize who we are, we can't come to him. But once we're in him, through Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ, how much of that sin is gone? All of it. Because of the rock. Because of 1 John chapter 1, this is finally, you know, Moses could only see the hinder parts, right? The hind parts as he passed by the glory of the Lord. But in 1 John chapter 3, this is the end. And here's the end. Because he covered him with his hand, Moses only got to see that hind part because in his flesh, if he would have seen the face of God, it would have consumed him. But check this out. Verse 1, 1 John chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we shall be called, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Our whole body, soul, and spirit, as Paul prayed, will be finally redeemed. For we shall see him as he is, that glory of the Lord. And every man that hath this hope in him purifies themselves, even as he is pure. You can read down through the rest of 1 John 3. It's all good. The point is, is that one day, because of who we are through Christ Jesus, not because of any of us, because we're in the rock, in the cliff of the rock, that one day 
when he redeems our body, soul, and spirit, when we are caught up out of here, when the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which were alive and remain shall be caught up together uh, in the clouds. And as 1 John 3 says, and we shall see him, for we shall see him as he is. We're going to look upon the face of the rock. Man, that's encouraging to me, but it's also terrifying to me because it says, the very next verse, and every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Do we realize who the rock is? This rock is Jesus, but he's not some cool hipster Jesus that we want. That's the God of this universe. By him all things consist, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the rock of our salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this, uh, just this short Bible study. Lord, thank you for... Your awesome word, Lord, and the fact that you've preserved it. Lord, help us to realize who you are. Lord, help us to understand who we were. And if we received you as our Savior, Lord, and we have the Spirit in us, Lord, help us to walk through the power of the Spirit. Lord, help us to be hidden in that rock. But Lord, let our light shine. Let us stand upon the rock at the same time. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.